From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Long talks to us about how to get out of your comfort zone as a coach and learn a new skill set that forces you to adapt. How to hire a staff on trust and let that staff complete the job using their own skills and experiences without micromanagement. And being upfront and honest up and down the ladder at work is the best way to build a culture of success. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. This episode is brought to you by Play. Play is a company that I've personally been working with from the start. Everyone at Play works to help strength coaches innovate and find solutions for our profession. From flooring, weight room equipment, outdoor spaces, and everything in between, Play will collaborate with you to find what you need. They work with everyone from professional teams to high schools, and they've always made me feel important and a part of the Play family. Refuse second best with play. Find them at play.us and let them know Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 sent you. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Today, I am joined by Coach Adam Long. He is currently the executive director at Clear Lake Athletics and Wellness Center. Previously, he was the head strength and conditioning coach at Liberty Hospital Sports Medicine. He's also director of strength and conditioning at the Colorado School of Mines. And he also had stops at North Kansas City Hospital and Northwest Missouri State. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thank you. We've been wanting to do this for a while. I'm glad we got it. Yeah, absolutely. It's an honor to have you on. You're definitely one of my first mentors. Like uh, one of my first stops when I was a young buck was with you on your staff at Mines about 10 years ago. So it's it's great to have you on. Could you tell us a little bit about your role at Clear Lake Athletics and Wellness Center? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, first of all, you kind of spoiled me too, because you being my first intern, I thought everybody was going to be as good as you. And that's not how it ended up my whole career. So you kind of spoiled me all out of the beginning. Um, yeah, for sure. yeah. So I just recently took this position. So right now, basically, like we were kind of talking about earlier, um, this is a joint kind of venture between the, the school district of Clear Lake, Iowa, and the city of Clear Lake, Iowa. Um, where the facility is connected to the high school. Um, so I'm the director of the entire facility. Um, now there is going to be a little bit of a school component, a little bit more of a city component. Obviously the city's running the whole, uh, the whole entire wellness center. Um, there's going to be a 45,000 square foot field house um, where there's going to be an indoor track regulation, indoor track, some field turf area, two regulation basketball courts that are wood, three multi-purpose courts. Um, and then uh adding a long jump pit as well for track meets and things of that nature. So again, when you think about it from the school aspect, like we talked about, it's really going to be utilized for a lot of sport practices. It's going to help out the school district with scheduling practices and, and not trying to, it's a smaller community. So they don't have, you know, four or five different gyms at the high school or even around the area. So that was a big, big uh, attraction for the school to start this project. Um, and then obviously we're going to have the, the wellness component to it as well. And the fitness component to it as well, where we're going to have about 8,500 square feet of, uh, of gym space, which we'll have just got done spending, uh, spending some money on some really, really high end cardio equipment, um, high end, uh, machines, and then some high end free weight equipment as well. Um, because with this facility and kind of like what we talked about when I was interviewing for this facility, construction is supposed to be completed in December. So I'm really hoping to get an opening in, in January, which is obviously great timing for, for North Iowa, where the winters I hear are pretty brutal. So it'll be a good time to have it open up and, and we'll have a lot of different um, opportunities and a lot of different activities for everybody. Um, but what we kept talking about during like the interview process for this place is just trying to make it a, a multi-generational type of facility. So um, the good news is that, you know, we're attracted, we're, we're, we're attached to the high school. So we're right next to that generation. We're going to have the community aspect and I'm really excited to get everybody kind of involved on the, 
on in the community to, to, to really start pumping wellness. You know, I, I kind of came up with a slogan and again, it's nothing earth shattering, but like I wanted our tagline to kind of be building a stronger community, um, which it already is a pretty tight knit community, but I just think that kind of felt right um, for this area, obviously with the, with the athletics and the wellness center, uh, building a stronger community, I think kind of hits it right on the mark. And, and, and I'm really looking forward to doing that on top of those, um, Obviously, uh, the responsibility of directing that humongous facility um, is going to be uh, I'm going to help out as much as I possibly can with the strength and conditioning as well with the high school. So I've been doing a lot of that already right when I got here back in June, um, been trying to help them out as much as possible, because for one, I think anybody listening to this podcast will know that a high school strength and conditioning uh, or high school uh, sport coach would would welcome uh, some, some, some help from a professional in the strength and conditioning realm. A lot of them realize that they're not, um, strength and conditioning coaches and, and, and want some help. And I feel like that's somewhere where I can help and somewhere where I have experience. Um, so that's been a lot of fun being able to meet the kids, but you know, I'm going to be working with these coaches a lot, you know what I mean? Whether it's for reserving facilities, um, or, or working with the kids. So I wanted to make sure I, I got to know them very well, um, early on. So it makes that transitions very easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's great that you're able to help both the city and the high school. And, you know, there is a want in that community to build something multi-generational and, and, you know, do it right the first time. Now, what in your previous experiences being both in athletics and being a strength coach in general best prepared you for your current role? Because I know that's a and that's a huge facility, like 8,500 square feet plus the field house and everything that there's all, there's a lot going into it. What, what best prepared you for that? There's going to be a big staff that goes along with the two, right? So like when I'm, when I'm walking through, taking people through tours, like I, I kind of start getting a little bit of a panic attack just because of how big it is. And I'm like, holy moly, I hope I don't ruin this thing. You know what I mean? Before we get it started. So it makes me nervous, but at the same token, I feel very, very prepared just for, just because of all the experience we've had, you know how strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning coaches are basically facility directors as well. We direct all of the athletics areas, whether it's field houses, whether it's weight rooms, you know, so that part of it, I think is just more organization, um, some common sense, you know what I mean? And, and a little bit of a, of a work ethic, you know what I mean? Making sure you have that along with some communi communication. And I think you're going to be fine. So from that aspect of it, you know, with, 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 managing the facility. I think that being a strength and conditioning coach for so long really, really helped me with that. Um, and I tried to explain that too, because I think sometimes with these positions, you get people that might not have 100%, like, I don't want to say buy-in, but like they, how I look at a facility, how I looked at my last job, how I looked at my job before that was it was my own personal name on the outside of that building. So even when I was at Colorado School of Mines, on the outside of that weight room, I felt like it was, you know, coach Adam Long's weight room. So I wanted, I have pride in that. You know what I mean? When I was at Liberty hospital sports medicine, yeah, it said that outside, but I wanted to know, you know, people to know that, yeah, I worked with Adam. Then there's a sense of pride in that. So I feel like there's the, the, an ownership that I think is very, very important when you're hiring staff or when you're, you're hiring some type of leader, if they don't have that, that uh, mentality of for one, you know, I'm obviously not too good to do anything. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll, I'll go pick up trash, whatever I need to do at the facility, having that sense of ownership, like it's yours. If you don't have that with your leader, I mean, you're obviously going to have problems. And I'm sure, you know, on this podcast, I've heard we've, you've talked numerous times about leadership. I think that's the biggest part of it. I've always kind of been um, a quote unquote leader, you know what I mean? Obviously in sports and things like that. Um, and again, not necessarily always the raw, raw guy, but always the guy that's going to lead by example. And I think that's very, very important. And I think just having a huge sense of pride in a, in a, in a position like this one, doing a lot of different things. I'm going to be wearing a lot of different hats um, at this facility. Um, so I think having that pride will help out tremendously. No, I, I think that's really good advice right there. Just acting like that your name is the one outside that weight room and as a direct re uh, representation of yourself and taking ownership on that. And everybody always, everybody always asks me, and I'm sure they've asked you the same thing. And I think you might've even thought about or dabbled in before, before you got to Metro, but why don't you own your, open up your own facility? 
why don't you open up your own facility? Yeah, I, I thought about that a hundred times. A hundred times, you know. That being said, like it's a stressful situation. How many of those things? I'm terrible with business, just to be honest with you. And I told these guys when they hired me, I said, I my job is to get community involvement, and that's all I want. You know, what I mean, I want obviously I want a bunch of members to sign up for this facility, but. I want more than that. I want them to utilize the facility. I want to make them interactive. You know what I mean? I want to make sure that we're offering activities so they are getting better and we are getting better as a community. Um, you know, I felt like the business side of it, you know, when I'm just worried about numbers, especially when I'm feeding my family off of that type of venue, I think it would just be very, very hard for me because, you know, even when, when I, when I moved from uh, Colorado School Mines back to Liberty Sports Medicine. Liberty Sports Medicine was technically a, you know, a, a privately owned, I was in the private sector where we were doing, you know, fee for service type of training. I turned out, I turned away a lot of people just based on, you know, if a parent brought in their seven-year-old. I said, yeah, he doesn't need me right now. You know what I mean? Let him go play some sports. Let him just go have fun. He doesn't need me yet. If a high school kid's coming in and he's missing his strength and conditioning session or his practice session because he's training with me, I kicked them out and told him to go to your practice. That's more important right now. You know what I mean? So from the business aspect of it, I was never really good at that because like I'm not a dollars and cents guy. I want the the community and I want the family atmosphere and that culture, I think more so than anything. So I think that's probably the biggest reason why I've never went that route as far as uh, 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 owning my own facility, just because I don't want the stress for one, but for two, I'm just, that's not what I'm about. I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not about the bottom dollar or, or, or the business side of it. No, and I, I think that's always a, a really good thing to find in a leader. And when I got to mines and worked, uh, worked for you, I think I definitely learned that from you because I had a good science foundation starting out at Landau's performance with Lauren Landau, but I, I was able to go to, minds and the way you talk to the football team and got those guys like those guys would like fall on the sword for you like without a doubt and i think that also helped out that you were the linebackers coach as well so you were both like the sport coach and a strength coach uh where did that come from i know you 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 were you know at northwest missouri state and that football team is still a powerhouse and you are a very good football player and, and you're a part of a really good weight room culture with Joe Quinlan. Um, you know, where did, where did your leadership style, I guess, start or where did you get that from? And how did it evolve from mines to Liberty and now to Clear Lake? I think, I think the biggest thing, like I said, I think there's certain people and you would agree with this that just have a little bit more leadership personality. You know what I mean? That's just kind of how it is. I think Northwest Missouri state was probably the best thing for me as a young man. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind. I actually transferred there from Wayne state. Um, Wayne state, Nebraska was playing there. And to be hundred percent honest with you as a, as a sophomore there, I was the team captain at Wayne state. So again, I think those leadership qualities, I just kind of had all throughout my uh, athletic career. Um, and even when you were younger, you just kind of have those, but understand like how hard it would be for me to leave Wayne state as a team captain, you know what I mean? To go somewhere else, you know what I mean? But the thing is, you know, open communication and honesty always helps with that. You know what I mean? And I think people respect that. Um, so you know, when it was time to leave Wayne State, I think the coach was 100% in agreement that he didn't feel like they were going to turn it around. And that's why I made the move to Northwest. Um, and speaking of honesty, when I when I did go to Northwest, um, right off the bat, the coaching staff, the football coaching staff, that's, the, that's, that's one of the best things I noticed about them was their honesty. I, I, I say this all the time. I, I was recruited by two, uh, when I was transferring, I basically went on two different visits. I went to uh, UCM. It was back then, it was just Central College down in, um, where was it at? I don't even remember the name of the town now, down in Missouri. Um, so I went down there for a visit. Their coaching staff, uh, Central Missouri, they, you know, had, had a great coaching staff. Um, we're having some success. They were feeding me, you know, just, oh, you're going to, we're going to build our defense around you, your greatest player in the world, blah, 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 blah. Um, something didn't feel right. You know what I mean? They didn't want me to go to my Northwest visit. Next week, I went to Northwest, went up and met their coaching staff. Their coaching staff were 100% completely different. They looked at me and said, hey, guess what? We got a lot of linebackers. Coach Boswick said, I don't know if you can play or not, but if you come here, you'll find out. And I was like, right when he said that, I was in. You know what I mean? Because of that honesty. So I really feel that I just continued to learn that that um, 
those types of values when I was at Northwest. You know what I mean? Obviously, um, the culture was, there was a standard that you joined or you weren't going to be around too long. And I really was looking for that at my previous school. Um, and I found that at Northwest, the guys there on that team, I think all had a common goal and, and all of them had a leadership. A lot of them had a leadership quality um, from some aspect um, or another. So I think feeding off those and just having really, really good teammates and good friends, I think really helped mold me. Uh, but I feel, I mean, obviously I had great parents and, and they gave me a great set of values, but I feel like at Northwest as a young man, like that place shaped me probably more so than anything, as far as like making me a good person. Now, of course I was a, I was a moron kid and I made mistakes, you know what I mean? Back <laughs> right. then I a hundred percent still made mistakes and still do, uh, but I really feel like the overall, you know, hard work, um, honesty, um, showing your worth, I think was a really big one that I really, uh, really appreciate them for. I, I really feel I learned a lot of that from Northwest, you know what I mean? But then every position after Northwest, you know, every job that I had, you know, you get a little bit more responsibility and you get a little bit more leadership um, and you're in control a little bit more. And I think that you just keep adapting and keep adapting and you keep growing. Um, but I think, you know, the honesty and the communication, I think has always just been, I don't think anybody who's ever worked with me or, or, or played with me back in the day or, or was my boss or my supervisor, they never knew they didn't, they, they, they never guessed what I was thinking. My cards are always on the table. You know what I mean? Sure. So yep. if I have an idea, you know what I mean? I'm going to bring it to you, but I don't agree with you. I'm going to tell you, um, it's not anything that's going to be happening behind closed doors. If I have an issue with somebody, I'm going to hundred percent go up and talk to him about it and figure out why we have the issue and let's try to resolve it. Sometimes you can't, but let's at least try to, you know what I mean? So I think all of those types of, um, things that again, it's, you know, you hear those things all the time, but I just feel like Northwest was a game changer um, with that. And I think a lot of people that have been a part of Northwest, you guys, you recently had Joe on the podcast. Uh, Is that right? Uh, we'll, we're supposed to meet this morning, but we'll meet uh, next week, next Monday. Good, good, yeah. good. Yeah, I'm excited to listen to that one because, again, that guy is is such such a, a neat dude, man. Been a really close friend with of me before he was even the strength coach. So he was around Maryville, um, even beforehand, kind of working at a wellness center. Um, and I, and I, I interned with him before I even knew what strength conditioning was. So, um, but you know, his morals and his values that he continues to, 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 to preach at, at Northwest are evident. Um, and it's just, it's a special place. You know, it's, it's one of those places where people get sick of hearing Northwest people talk about it because I get it. But when you go there, everybody that's been in the Northwest or been a part of athletics, there kind of knows what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no doubt. And we had a, a Northwest alum with uh, Brock Barrett. He's a little bit after you, but he's the head strength coach at South Dakota mines or it was South Dakota tech back in the day. But, okay. um, and he, he played there and he, he had the same morals and everything. They said they, yeah. there's an expectation and Absolutely. everybody's expected to meet that. And I think that's always good to have those clear expectations and values established and then hold everybody to that. Now, where did it click between Adam Long being a football player and then Adam Long wanted to become a strength coach? I think the biggest thing was like I was done with undergrad and then I've uh, getting back to honesty, right? So Mel Churchma, the great Mel Churchma, um, again, hundred percent, always honest, going to tell you exactly what he's thinking, sat down in his office after I got done playing. And I, I, he asked me, so what are your plans? Are you going to want to, you want to maybe possibly GA with the football team or, or what are your plans? And I told him, I said, well, coach, honestly, I want to try to keep playing football as long as I can. Mm. And he looked at me and he goes, well, I don't think that's in your, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously it crushed me for a couple of days, but again, yeah. I, I accepted it. And again, he wasn't going to lie to me. So from that point on, I had to kind of figure out, well, I sure in the heck don't want to just go into the workforce. I have no idea what I want to do. I didn't want to leave Maryville yet. Cause I still loved it. I've only been there for a year and a half now, you know what I mean? Two years. So I decided, um, talked with coach Wright back then, it was still kind of how we were at Mines. You know, there was an assistant football coach that was actually, quote unquote, the strength coach, too. So spoke with Rich and I was able to GA underneath Rich, um, 
which ended up, you know, really turning me into, I mean, I always had a love for, for strength and conditioning. You know what I mean? I was 100% one of those guys as a kid, when I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movies and Rambo and all that stuff, like I was always intrigued by strength and conditioning, grew up in Nebraska. So knew a lot about Boyd Epley um, and Nebraska strength and conditioning and saw those guys. So very, very intrigued by it when I was younger. So I figured, yeah, this would be a cool route to go. If I can do this, that would be great. So after I GA'd with, with Rich, I've just been kind of building off that ever since, you know what I mean? So it was the best part about GAing at Northwest. I, I got to be honest with you, and I, I would tell Rich this too. I did not learn a lot from the strength and conditioning staff because we didn't have one, you know what I mean? Just like you probably didn't learn a ton from me in regards to X's and O's programming and all that different stuff. Because again, when you have a sport coach there, it's just, it's just not fair. What I did gain when I was at Northwest Missouri State, my first year as a GA, I come in on the Monday, find out that the other assistant that's been there, the other GA that's been there for a year and a half, that's been programming everything that I was going to work with, was leaving the next day for a job. So we did not hire another GA. I was solo by myself coaching every single sport team at that university. And I, I make a joke to this day, it was it was terrible for those teams but it was really really good for me because i learned sure. a lot about coaching. you know what i mean mm, i feel bad for those teams and i didn't have a clue what i was doing but i really figured it out pretty quick you know what i mean so i think that helped and i think that's important and i even uh i just had joe ken on a couple of weeks ago and oh did you really yeah nice. for sure and uh and I definitely learned a lot from you because you're the first one to introduce me to the tier system and the strength coaches playbook. And I know it was big on juggernaut and then, you know, all the West side barbell and all that stuff. And that was all right. new to me there. So I was like, what is this madness? Like Louis Simmons <laughs> is a madman, but, right, um, for sure. but, uh, when I was talking with Joe Ken, he even, he said, you know, the value coaching is coming from the d2 d3 levels because you have to actually coach and he gave the instance when he was at boise state before it was boise state what we know of now and he was like it was just me and ron thompson and mm -hmm. you know 17 to 20 teams and he's like i had to do them all and you just figure out how to coach uh, and so i think there's a lot of weight to what you said you know like for the teams it might have been bad but for you it taught you how to you know, manage a lot of athletes and a lot of teams. Absolutely. And control a room right away. You know what I mean? And then also trying to separate yourself because every single kid that I was coaching in there, they knew that I just got done playing football. You know what I mean? I mean, they knew who I was, you know what I mean? So trying to establish, you know, the, the coach from player, um, relationship was definitely tough, but it was something that I think helped me in the long run down the road for sure. Definitely. And, you know, what is one piece of advice you'd say to those up and coming coaches that might find themselves in that situation? Like, look, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I yeah. do have the responsibility of these teams or just, I guess, any advice you'd give to those young up and coming coaches in general of like, like they're GAing or they're interning and they're in the thick of trying to establish themselves. I think for one is you gotta, you gotta have confidence. You know what I mean? You have to have confidence in what you're doing. You have to believe in what you're doing. You know what I mean? Because, you know, like we talked a little bit about before, before the podcast, like everybody's going to do something different, right? I mean, everybody can go up to the board and, and defend their program and it's going to work. And I agree with that hundred percent. What I do is different. What you do is different. What Endo does everything. Everybody's going to be different. I think you have to have confidence in what you do. And I think you have to be able in this day and age to explain it to sport coaches, why you're doing it um, and get them to trust you. You know what I mean? I think that's very, very important because this is me almost 40 years old, almost doing this for, for 20 years, you know, coaching with Joe Q back in the old days when I was interning with him, um, all the way up to now, I come in here and, and again, my resume is not the most exciting in the world, but I have experienced coaching. I still train this way myself. You know what I mean? I still, I still jump. I still sprint. I still train, you know what I mean? But I still have coming into Clear Lake, Iowa, I still have a lot of coaches that want to question what I'm doing. You know what I mean? So I think if you can explain that to the coaches from the get go and really for sure, you got to include the coaches. But I, I really 
look back and I feel like I almost catered a little bit too much to the sport coaches. Um, just an, I a hundred percent want to get their input, but at the same token, I want to turn around and ask them, do you want my input on, uh, on, on a defensive scheme? You know what I mean? You don't. Okay. Well then let me do what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I will explain everything that I'm doing to you. Um, and if, if you need me to explain it more, I'll tell you more. If you're asking why we're not doing something, I'll explain it, but I don't want to hear, um, negative aspects of the program because then the kids start thinking about it and then you just end up having a bad culture. So I think the, the biggest advice is just be confident in what you're doing and believe in what you're doing, in it, but also be able to defend it um, like you're in court. You know what I mean? Because there's going to be a lot of sport coaches and there's going to be administration that wants you to do that. Because again, you know, just everybody listening on the show knows that everybody's an expert, right? Everybody, for some reason, everybody knows strength and conditioning. You know what I mean? So I think that's one thing that I want young strength coaches to not get um, disturbed by, you know what I mean? Because it, it does wear you out after a while. You know what I mean? It's very, very, it's very hard to, to listen to that day in and day out when you have a sport coach that you 100% know does not know as much as you do and does not program as, as much as you do, but they still want to tell you how to do your job. And that's hard. But again, don't get discouraged with that. I think just be confident in what you do, have an open line of communication and be honest with the coaches. I think that's one big thing that I look back at that I've been struggling with for 20 years, you know? We'll be right back. Woodway is a company that has been designing and building treadmills and equipment for the long run since 1974. Each of their treadmills is designed with the revolutionary slap belt running surface, which is both lightweight and durable. It is specifically designed to absorb energy at the point of impact, eliminating harmful shock to joints and connective tissues. 100% of the NFL, NBA, and MLB teams and 60% of NHL teams utilize Woodway products to optimize their training. Woodway's curved treadmill was released in 2009 and boasts a completely self-powered manual training experience that does not require any electricity. This unique piece of equipment allows athletes to run at any pace they choose and burn up to 30% more calories than the regular treadmill. Other unique offerings from Woodway include the Curve Trainer, Curve XL, Forefront, and Pro Treadmills. Each treadmill offers features that are fit for every athlete. The silent and energy efficient product from Woodway has resulted in 50% electricity savings for owners. If you're looking for equipment that is built to last and will improve and provide each of your athletes an experience like no other, check out Woodway today at woodway.com. No, for no doubt. And what's one piece of advice you'd give to the new director? You know, maybe somebody who's been an assistant for a while, they finally nailed their interview, got their dream job and they're in the captain's chair. Cause it's a whole different thing when you're mm -hmm. the guy or the girl making that call and like the whole weight of that program is on your shoulders. What's some advice Absolutely. you'd give to them? Hire great people. You know what I mean? hire great people that are under you, hire people that are better than you. That's, I think every, everybody gets so intimidated. Everybody gets so defensive. If somebody might be a little bit better at you than aspect. So again, you're the director for the reason, right? You're a director for the reason. So hire good people. And I, and again, I think that's something that I learned at Northwest coach Churchma. Uh, I, I, he never coached one thing about me. You know what I mean? But he had great coaches underneath him. And guess what he knew how to do? He, he knew how to keep the whole nucleus together. So I think that's my biggest piece of advice is just hire great people that are going to make your job a lot easier, that are going to make you look really good. But the only way that's going to, the only way that's going to work is if you're going to be able to lead them and direct them. You know what I mean? Because otherwise you're just going to have people leaving all the time. So make it, make it a culture. I think that's important too, is what, what, what kind of culture do you want to be a part of? You know what I mean? Um, I, I think that it's, it's, it's never a good thing when you micromanage too much, you know what I mean? So I want to hire good people. And I want to hire people that I know are going to get the job done and I know they're going to get it done at a high level, you know, for sure. And I, I think that's definitely empowering because you definitely let me do that at, at mines. Cause I had the, uh, <laughs> I think men's soccer and volleyball and you're like, I don't care. Like just, I, yeah. I don't just do, do your thing. And I remember one yeah. of the volleyball players, like might've rolled her ankle a little bit during the conditioning and I was freaking out. And you're like, dude, just go top the 18 and like, just keep moving on. Like, 
Just figure it out. Yeah. Just figure it out. But it's empowering because I was like, all right, cool. Like I can make this my own figure things out, especially on, on, on the staff. I think it's good to have a leadership style. That's like, look, like I'll help you out with what you need. But for the most part, you know, I brought you here for a reason. Go do it. I think that's the best way. And I'm sure that's how you did, you know, at your current position too at, at Metro. And I'm sure that's how Indo does. I'm sure, I'm sure how, that's how a lot of the strength coaches do, but I think that's, I think that's very good. Cause I don't think it ever works out when, you know, I'm making you do my program. I have no problem with you doing a different program, you know what I mean? But you have to sit down with me and you have to prove why it's going to work. You know what I mean? Or you have to make it make sense to me. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think, yeah, letting, letting, letting your staff work. You know what I mean? I, and this, I got in arguments all the time with my uh, former director when I was at Liberty Hospital Sports Medicine. Great people. Loved them both. My director and my supervisor were great people. Loved them. Miss them. Um, but they like to micromanage. You know what I mean? They really like to micromanage. And they wouldn't let me do things that I felt could have really benefited the place. Um, and that's just how it is. You know what I mean? Some people are like that. And that's that was a drain. You know what I mean? I always joked with my my director. I said, you should be sitting in your office right now with your feet up and just relaxing, knowing that you hired great people that are doing their job at a high level. You know what For I mean? Sure. That's sure. where I want to get to. Yeah, that's yep. where I want to get to. I want to be sitting in my office, you know, reading the paper with my feet up and knowing yeah. that the place is running like a well-oiled machine because we hired great people, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. Now, you know, COVID took a relatively secure job and threw it all on our heads, you know, where things were shut down and at least in the collegiate realm, there's furloughs and, and just positions just getting scrapped altogether. And I know a lot of coaches had to pivot and like rethink their whole just way about their going the profession. And I know a lot of collegiate strength coaches were looking to the private sector and did go to the private sector. What's one piece of advice you'd tell that strength coach that's looking to go in the private sector that's never been there before. Like what, what's one thing you'd say, Hey, it's not all sunshine and rainbows or watch out for this. If you do find right. yourself in the private sector. I am. Yeah, I am definitely. And again, that's why I love, that's why I like being a part of the hospital. And now mm-hmm. I like being a part of the city and the school. Cause it, it doesn't feel like quote unquote private sector to me. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I am definitely not a private sector guy just because again, back to the business part and back to the numbers stuff. I'm just not that guy. Yep. Um, I think on the private sector, I think you would agree with me after, after knowing me as long as you have, I am not a gimmicky guy whatsoever. You know what nope. I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I have a social media, but I look at it for the news. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? But right. I, I don't even like posting it because I don't want to oversaturate things. So I feel like you have to be that way when you have your own private sector, when you're working in the private sector, you have to sell yourself. You have to sell your facility more. You have to show people while why they should come to your place versus this place. Cause guess what? They're doing the same thing. Both places are doing the same thing. You know, I mean, we've been in strength conditioning to know we're all doing the same thing, but in the private sector, you have to be able to prove it. You know what I mean? You have to be able to show, okay, I'm fancier or we're cooler or I need to get more kids over here. And that is just hard for, for, for collegiate, for high school, for, you know, community-based type of coaches to deal with. Cause again, I'm here in Clear Lake and I'm dealing with that. You know what I mean? I have kids that after, after COVID, right. We had, they had to shut down last year. So I have kids that are still going to gyms on their own. You know what I mean? And they're training on their own while we're still trying to, you know, get our performance training going and, and trying to get them out of that is is hard. You know what I mean? Because again, they can go post their videos on Instagram. They can go post their videos on Twitter and all that stuff and, and make it look fancy. But we also, you know, there's some, there's some gyms around here. There's a couple athletic performance places that, you know, obviously are, are, are influencing them as well. Um, and again, when, when, you know, when it comes down to the school, it's just so much more of a tight knit, um, just family type of feeling. You know what I mean? And I like that so much more than the private sector, the private sector, you're going to have people in and out. Um, you're never going to get them consistent. You know what I mean? You might see them for two months straight, getting great results with them. And then you don't see the kid for six months and you're starting all over again. You know what I mean? Same thing with adults. You know, you see them for a while and they leave. And at the end of the day, it always comes down to money. You know what I mean? And that's what I, that's what I didn't like about the private sector was just the money portion of it, you know? Yep. And, what would you say, considering who you're working with now, is the is there a difference or what is the biggest difference between a collegiate athlete and the high school or the middle school athletes you're seeing? 
I think everybody that's a high school strength and conditioning coach. And again, I've been living and dying by this guy's word for years is, is Jim Wendler, man. Oh, like he just, he always spoke to me just because it's such a, he made things very easy to understand. You know what I mean? Like I was never big into the exercise science, the fizz stuff. Like I got all that base, the great, had a great foundation, but he just made it make sense to me so much more. And that's what I'm trying to get across right now, actually in Clear Lake is just, we're dealing with high school kids. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I had, I had a conversation with a coach the other day. And again, what happens with coaches, my whole program, they said was too easy. Okay. So again, it's too easy, right? My program's too easy. And like, I, I asked these coaches, I'm like, do I look like somebody that wants soft athletes? I mean, do you think that I want some, some athletes that aren't performing at a high level? I said, what we have is we have a culture problem. You know what I mean? We have kids that have not been led the right way and they haven't been consistent. So I, I really feel, um, you know, the, the best thing to do in a, in a high school type of setting is for one set your standards and live and die by, them. you know what I mean? So if, if, if we're doing these, like, cause again, you know, I heard uh, Zach Evanesh the other day talking about, you know, you have those rules and regulations and your goals on the wall. Everybody has those, right? There's no, you have your rules and then you have, we will do this. Are you living and dying by those? So a lot of places aren't. And that's what I actually talked about in our, in our staff meeting the other day. I said, so we have rules and regulations on the board and the coaches say, yeah, nobody follows those. I'm like, yeah, well, why do we have them on the wall then? Like, let's figure out what we want to be. You know what I mean? High school strength and conditioning is so easy. Oh, and that's why I like it so much more than collegiate level or even higher level after that. You know what I mean? Because I don't know how much better I can make those guys, right? Those guys are already pretty high level. I don't know how much better I can make those guys. When I have a, a lanky eighth grader walking in, you know what I mean? That can't skip and chew gum, then I can make him better. There's no doubt in my mind, right? If, if I can build a culture where I can get these kids excited to show up and want to show up and do so consistently year round, I'm telling these coaches, let's see what we get when we bring these freshmen in and let's see what we get when, when they leave and let's see what happens. Because I promise you, they will be completely different humans if we get them believing in what we're doing. You know what I mean? And I think that's the hardest part with high school. Um, it's just trying to get everybody on the same page. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of high schools, probably like this one, you know, you've had a lot of coaches that have had their part in the strength and conditioning. You know what I mean? A lot of sport coaches we're running it. And then, you know, this change and the next year's it's different. And this, this year we have a different program and now we have a different program. So I think some consistency, putting some consistency, um, the kids need that more so than anybody, you know what I mean? Um, and again, they just need to be educated. You know, they need, they need to realize that everything that we do every day is not going to be the most fun in the world. You know what I mean? Some days are going to be boring. Guess what? Some days are going to be easy too. Some days are going to be a little bit more challenging, but you know, gauging a workout in, in 2021 by whether or not you puked is ridiculous. I mean, I think we can all agree, agree as professionals, you know, we don't need to push them to that limit. You know what I mean? And again, there's a million different ways to get these guys more mentally tough. And I don't think just destroying them day in and day out is the way to do it. I mean, obviously that's not the way to do it. So that's probably my biggest beef with, 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 with high school is just that, they think that they need to be doing way more than they need to be doing. You know what I mean? They coach will come in and put a, you know, Alabama's football program on your desk. Well, this, these guys are doing it. Okay. Okay. We're not even in the same realm as these guys. You know what I mean? Like let's keep building that foundation and we'll keep getting better and better. And you're going to have some better ones that are going to pull away from the group. And that's great. And we'll adjust and we'll progress them as we see fit. But at the end of the day, a quote unquote advanced high school athlete is not an advanced athlete. You know what I mean? he's an advanced high school athlete. He's better than, you know, most, but at the same token, he still needs to work on overall athletic development. And that's what we're trying to do with these kids. I, I think that's great. It's just, I think it's good. And I think it's actually a great thing that the high school strength coach or programming has come a long way since even yeah. when we both got started, it's just, it's good to have knowledge and certified and qualified people helping Absolutely. take those middle schoolers and show them something simple that they can mm -hmm. learn and they can master and then help them along the way. So I think that's Absolutely. great. And, I, and I'm trying to tell my interns and everything, like keep don't sleep on the, on the high school. Like oh, there, there's a lot of opportunity. I, 
I love it. And I love when I see full-time strength and conditioning coaches at high schools that don't teach any other, that don't coach any other sport. They just coach strength and conditioning. They might have a PE class where they get to run their athletic performance training in the, in the curriculum, which is great. Um, I love seeing that. I think it's going to just like you see in high school facilities now, right? It's just like college. Everybody's getting better and better. Guess what? High schools start getting strength and conditioning professionals in there. It's just going to keep going and keep going. And, and it's like an arms race almost, you know? And I love seeing that because that's a big, big opportunity because you understand how how much more easier your job is going to be when you have a whole group of athletes that you don't have to take all the way back to square one. You know what I mean? Like they come in there and they know how to move. They know how to get set up for a squat. They know how to get set up for a bench. You know what I mean? They know how to get in positions and they have good body awareness because they had a good strength and conditioning program. I mean, you see that right now, probably first day of warmups. I remember back at mines, I could point out the kids that had a good strength coach in high school. You know what I mean? And I could be the ones that never did. So it's really, really good for the high schools and it's really, really good for the colleges for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and for as long as I've known you, you've always kind of, to me, been like a mad scientist because not only did you, like you were researching, looking up different programs, but you were implementing it on yourself. And yeah. and 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 I we joked beforehand, but like the last time I knew you, like your hand was all casted up. And, and I remember you got your wisdom teeth pulled and you still came <laughs> and did a whole like conjugate, like back squat day. And like, right. like within an hour or so of you just getting your wisdom teeth removed. And I was like, all right, this guy is just, he's, I, I thought when I'm my young age, I was like, he's nuts. Like he practices what he preaches. Like this guy is crazy. So I'm, what I'm getting to is, you know, you're doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I'm sure you're still working out. Like you said, you still sprint, run and jump and lift, yeah. you know, how has, you know, jujitsu and your own personal fitness helped you become a leader currently, you know, practicing what you preach. For sure. I think, and I, it was funny too, cause I think it's almost like cliche saying you're doing jujitsu now because everybody yeah. in the world's doing it. I, yeah, like, yeah. I've, and this is why I feel like such a wimp because I've known about it since, you know, the nineties when, uh, when it was the first UFC, when Hoist Gracie came out, you know what I mean? That was the first time I ever saw it. So I knew about it, you know what I mean? And then it started getting more popular and UFC got more popular and I knew about it. I was just always too scared to go try it. You know what I mean? But finally in Kansas city, it has been about three years ago. I decided to go do it. Um, and, and again, I, I, I was proud of myself just to get out of my comfort zone. Cause you know, I, I mean, I would always train and always strength train and it was just more of a discipline type of issue, but I never really tried anything new. So going out and doing that, you know, I got to a really, really good gym. I ended up doing some strength conditioning for Zach Cummings is his name. He was a um, fights in the UFC. Um, so we kind of just did a trade-off where I was, I was training him at, a, at my basement um, doing some strength and conditioning. And then, uh, we were able to go over there and train some jujitsu. And it was like, again, the culture, the gym was so good and it was so much fun to go to and, and how much we learned. But it was, again, more like a family type of atmosphere. And I really embraced it. But I really feel just the discipline of training helps with the di discipline of work. You know what I mean? So walking the walk uh, for strength and conditioning coaches, I think is very, very important. You know what I mean? So when I'm trying to teach a kid how to get into a certain movement, we a hundred percent understand how it feels to get into that movement. And I think that's very, very important. Um, obviously in jujitsu, I was in a whole nother world, you know what I mean? So, um, I had no idea what I was supposed to, you know, these positions, I couldn't get into these positions, but then after a while it starts clicking, you know what I mean? I was doing it forever, not as consistent as I wanted to, but I end up earning my blue belt. And it was like, you know, you started learning things, you know what I mean? And you were able, and it's funny because as a blue belt, you're still terrible, right? You still have no idea what you're doing, but, things start making a little bit more sense. You know what I mean? And uh, sticking with it. And I think that just um, reaffirmed my belief in that it takes time. You know what I mean? It takes a lot of time because first day of jujitsu versus, you know, where, where, where I'm at today and like how comfortable you get over time. It's just like with training, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what I try to explain to these coaches that, you know, these kids coming in, I'm not going to fix their squat on day one. You know what I mean? It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time. So um, I think it just teaches you how to stay disciplined and how to how to keep that blue collar work ethic and just go punch your time clock every day and uh, be able to just see see little progressions and little improvements each day. Uh, and they start adding up over time. I think that's kind of kind of the best aspect of, or, or, or the biggest thing. It just reaffirmed my belief in that jujitsu has. I think that's great. And my oldest actually just started 
Brazilian Jiu Jitsu too. And I'm watching those classes and, and you gotta I, jump in, man, jump in. I know I, I will. And I, I was a strength coach for some mixed martial artists. I remember you telling me that yeah, before I was at mine. So Absolutely. I had gotten Absolutely. in there and I really appreciate the hell out of that culture. Uh, and, and like that, such a, it's a, that discipline. wrestling, like I am all about that, you know, yes, and I have so yes. much, so much respect for those guys because like you have, people have no idea how hard it is. You know, yeah. I have no idea how hard it is. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I think it just instills some good, you know, little things like respect or even they're teaching my kid. Every time you, you take somebody down, you help them right back up and give For them a sure. hand. Like it's just, Absolutely. it's just good people and, and, and good things going on there. And, 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 and humility, right? Because yes, yes. I got my butt kicked over mm-hmm. and over and over again, right? Yeah. By dudes that you would never think could do it. You know what yeah, I mean? And they'll yeah. destroy you in two seconds. So I think that, I mean, I never had an ego to where I thought that I was the toughest guy in the world, but it's just good to, to feel it sometimes. Remember, like, remember, yeah, I get a this, nice little reminder. This guy could literally do whatever he wanted to do to me. This is kind yeah. of scary, you know? What I mean? yeah, yeah. So knowing that there's people out there like that kind of gets you back down to, to earth for sure. Yeah, yeah. And one of my interns, he's a, a black belt in jujitsu. He's he's really my, yeah, he's my age, but the last 15 years he's just been strictly competing at worlds and doing that. So wow. and uh high he, level stuff, man. Yeah, he's he's smaller than me, but I'm like, like I I know. I know better. Oh, like there's exactly, exactly. <laughs> I always did too. And everybody said that they're like, oh, don't, I'm like, trust me, I will, I will tap off and I get it. I get yeah. the sport. Like I said, I've known about it for a long time. I've just was too nervous to go do it. And it was like the best thing I did. So I'm trying to find a place out here. I think there's a place in Mason city, which is only about 10 minutes away. Okay. It's just, like I got to let things cool down before I go over there so I can, you know, stay consistent with it. Cause that's the hard part. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Now, if you could pick up the phone and call Adam along from 10 years ago, what would you tell uh-huh. him? Um, for one, don't slap that base and put your <laughs> hand in the aisle. <laughs> that's yeah. the first thing. Yeah. That's the first thing. Now I would, I would probably just say, um, you know, back then I think my, I don't want to say my temper was higher, but I, I was a little bit more defensive when people disagreed with me on things. You know what I mean? I remember with the defensive coordinator there, you know, me and him getting into it quite a bit just because I was a hothead or, or he got defensive or I got defensive. I think I would call Adam Long from 10 years ago and say, just communicate a little bit better. You know what I mean? Calm down and just communicate a little bit better. And that, that helps so much when you can actually talk about what's going on. Um, uh, without screaming and yelling and getting defensive and taking the emotion out of it. I think that helps tremendously. You know what I mean? Communication is, is key. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's some great advice. Now what's something you got coming up in this next year that you're excited to, I mean, I know you got a brand new facility and you said it's not open yet, correct? It's open no, later. So not, yeah. at all. not at all. So that's yeah. obviously the biggest thing that we're excited for. So um, we're getting ready to, uh, we're hiring an assistant, obviously. So it's going to be an assistant director. That position is going to be a little bit more towards like direct sports and activities. Um, but I'm really excited for December, January, where I'm able to see this facility take shape. You know what I mean? And, and really um, get out to the community and learn more about this community um, and, and teach them more about what we're going to offer and, and really starting to establish that culture um, of our facility before we even open up, I think is going to be the most important thing. And then also really excited to get to know these kids and these coaches a lot more too uh, in the high school realm and really trying to be a positive role model for, for these kids, you know what I mean? And be a leader for these kids and, 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 and be somebody that's going to help them out um, as they start, you know, their early journey in athletic performance training. Because again, a lot of this stuff, um, you teach them right, you know, they can take it with them forever. So I'm really excited about just being in Clear Lake and being involved and immersed in this community. I think, I think that's great. And, I know you're a little bit of a recluse on, on the social media, but if our listeners wanted to find out more about Clear Lake and everything you got going on there, or reached out and you know ask you any follow up questions, what's the best way they could find you? I would probably say just email me because, like I said, I'm not great on social media. I don't post hardly ever. Um, I would say just email me at um, a long at city of Clear Lake dot org. Um, and then also obviously city of clear Lake is our website. We'll have all of our wellness center, all of our programming and stuff like that eventually on there once this wellness center comes up, but email is definitely the best way to get at me. And then, uh, um, 
Yeah, like I said, you know how I am on social media. Once <laughs> once in every blue moon, I'll put something out, right? Yeah, for sure. Not, but I wanted to say, you know, thanks for coming on. I know I've been trying to get you on for a while, but you know, there's a, a, a very small pantheon of coaches that I hold in high esteem you know, as a mentor and that's helped me out and you're definitely up there. So I wanted to say thank you and uh, for being on here and, and sharing your experience. It's appreciated. Means means a lot coming from you, brother. I'm, I'm really proud of where you've come from and where you're at now. I mean, you, you started off at a high level, but where you're at now, it's, it's pretty cool to see. So you're like, honestly, like one of my first interns that I've seen and been following you and seeing what you've done. It's pretty cool to see, buddy. So I really appreciate you having me on, man. It was great to see you. Great to, great to catch up. Absolutely. Thanks coach. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. All right, buddy. Take care. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world. Performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I've yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.